Am I a curse, Jeremy? Am I a curse? Aren't you getting married next year? That's going to go great. <laughs> that's yeah, the way to bring that up, Jeremy. <laughs> wow, just, yeah, that's going to go wonderful after the conversation we just had. <laughs> I need a swig of beer because <laughs> let me tell you, today and this let me, week. Let me get a beer then with you. Go for it. A cool little beer called Local Buzz. It is inside is a crisp and refreshing golden ale from made from Texas sourced honey. Oh, I have the old Headhunter IPA. Ooh, always that's all viable. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Jeremy, I've had a tough week. I've done a lot of soul searching because uh, I had a revelation uh, about who I am as a person, and who I am as a person is the kiss of death. I am the kiss of death. Um, uh, Corey Kluber. I, I, I said he's going to be great. He's going to win the Cy Young out for the season. All right. Um, I, I've said that uh, the Reds were going to be awesome. They're going to they're gonna go to the NLCS. They have been dog shit. Uh, I said back in like January, February that this March Madness was going to be one of the wildest, craziest, best ever. And it got canceled. Am I a curse? Am I the kiss of death, Jeremy? Am I, like, is it me? Is it I, me? I think you're making a very good case against yourself. It's, it's just, it's not fun, okay, Jeremy? It's not fun having, like, again, I'm also a Lions fan. Um, that's going great. Uh, I am a, a Red Wings fan. That is also awesome. Going great these last decade. Uh, Pistons fan, last decade, couldn't be better. Um, okay, Tigers fan as well. Yeah, haven't won a, haven't won a World Series since '84. Uh, you know, had a triple crown winner. Had a had a we brought out a rotation of David Price, Max Scherzer, and Justin Verlander a couple of years ago, and got swept by the Orioles in the playoffs. Um, the only team that I have hitched my wagon to, which was the New York Yankees. Okay, in basically my conscious lifetime, call it after 2001, they've lost the World Series to two far inferior teams twice. And then they, you know, they won a World Series. That's awesome. I was 13, didn't, you know, didn't do it. Uh, in that time, the Lions have gone 0-16. Um, the Tigers won 47 games last year, I think. Am I a curse, Jeremy? Am I a curse? Aren't you getting married next year? That's gonna go great. <laughs> that's yeah, the way to bring that up, Jeremy. <laughs> wow, just yeah, that's gonna go wonderful after the conversation we just had. <laughs> just wanted to give you ample time to reflect. <laughs> well, yeah. we'll we'll have Lauren listen to this and see what she's see what she thinks about this commitment. She's gonna leave me next week. I mean, she, I I've made it very clear, very clear that. Should not just not me. That wrong answer, you know. And there, then there's you, and then my other good friend Michael Powers, one of my other best friends in the world. You two made two predictions that I thought were both little, it's like kind of likely, but I didn't, I didn't fully agree with yours. Shane Bieber's going to win the Cy Young. I mean, I don't want to because by me, by me agreeing with you, it's going to curse you. So I can't do it. Don't you dare. And then, about Shane. Exactly. Can't do it. Other friend, Michael Powers, 
said that Aaron Judge is going to win the MVP. That's looking great. You know, everything that I touch, I am the reverse King Midas. Everything I touch turns to shit. I'm not quite sure what to say. <laughs> yeah, there's nothing to say there. I'm the kiss of death. Yeah, you got to distance you. You moved to Texas to get away from it. <laughs> I think I'm going to open a search for new podcast hosts. <laughs> <laughs> I don't blame you. It's, it's, it's incredible. You, do you want to know? All right. Not that anybody gives a shit because nobody should give a shit. But my fantasy baseball team, you know, I, I, my team ERA for the team is 8.6. All right. So I, I pick them. Let me tell you, I pick them. All right. Uh, I had one win. The other team had eight. <laughs> just, I, I can't do it. I came in last in my fantasy football league this last year. I'm just, I am on nothing but a losing streak. Nothing but. That's it. You know, I, I'm, I'm worthless. <laughs> Tough stretch. I, yeah. And here I am thinking Cleveland fans had it bad. Cleveland fans have it okay. <laughs> you guys won a championship back in 2016. We've scored six runs in the last six games. Holy smokes. Are you kidding me? Our uh... – oh, that's a good notification. Nick Castellanos, it's a solo home run. First <laughs> inning, they're already down. So, But, again, that's good for my prediction. That is good for your – that is the one that you are, I think, very well in the running for. I just saw that if Shane Bieber gets 10 strikeouts tonight, that he ties a major league record for most strikeouts in their first three starts. Yeah. Yeah, the Indians have been phenomenal. Um, pitching. Pitching. <laughs> Pitching-wise. They, their starters, they've played 11 games, and their starters have recorded 10 quality starts. That's pretty good. They won five games. So. That's pretty good. You know who has been on an absolute tear? The Marlins. Just, they, are, they haven't lost in like two weeks. They've really been locked in. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> you got hell for that one, Jeremy. <laughs> I, uh, that one hit me as, as it left one. I didn't even, not even, you know what? I meant it. I meant that. Yes, you did. You know, I mean, it's just, it's wild to me, the whole Marlins situation. It's just the, the mishandling of it. I, I just, last weekend that there was a, I guess, I guess there was a group message for the team. And when the team was like, yeah, we have a couple people testing positive. And I guess in the group message the, the players decided like, it's just not us. It's not us to not play. So we're going to play. And it's like, no, this isn't a hurt or injured type thing. No, this isn't something you play through. Four of you guys, there's an infestation. You have an outbreak of coronavirus. The exact quote. They were just saying, hey, we're going to play. No, yeah, they had an internal discussion. The exact, I think the exact quote, but basically the gist of the exact quote from Miguel Rojas, their shortstop, was, quote, that's just not our mentality to not play. And it's just, it's, that's, that's, this isn't like, this isn't a sprained ankle, dude. <laughs> this uh, isn't like, be looked at as, as a, as a grinder and as a, <laughs> as a, as a warrior, if you're going to play through COVID, it's like, no, you, you don't. That's, there is no, I'll walk this off. It's, you're going to sit in your room and not do anything. 
you're going to keep the like the team alive. You're going to keep the like you could single handedly take down the entire league. And, and what about like the ample and awesome solution that the MLB came up with when like they were like, yeah, Marlins, you're out for a week. Um, and then the and then the MLB just kind of said to the Yankees and the Orioles, yeah, fuck it, you two play. Yeah, fuck it. Like it's all right. <laughs> just you two play instead. Give it two weeks, and there's going to be twelve teams. The rest of the teams are just going to say, all right, well, I'll play you. Do you want to come to our play and replace this series? That's what it's going to turn into. It's just going to turn into – it's literally going to be last team standing, and it's going to be – It's the Hunger Games. This is the Hunger Games season. I don't. It's going to be how many teams can physically field a team. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Because you'll have tw- you'll have twenty three teams all out with COVID, and Rob Manfred will still be sitting there saying, "You guys need to figure it out." <laughs> yeah. What was this quote? You guys need to do better. He said, "He said baseball needs to be better." I'm like, for all intents and purposes, you are baseball. You gotta be. You gotta be helping figure this out. What are you talking about, man? Also, isn't he the one guy that like? Okay, they're like baseball needs. To be, like, aren't you the one guy that like? has all the power to actually make it all better <laughs> are you the one guy that's like it's like no actually i think this all kind of falls on you dude crazy huh yeah it's incredible i mean that is some epic like this is not my problem like we're basically going dude don't look at me and it's it's like going to the ceo of apple and just being like or going to the ceo of samsung and be like your phones are exploding he's like it's not my fault i didn't build them and he's just like, wow, that sucks. It's awful. <laughs> Guess they yeah, need I'm sorry to figure for that out. people. <laughs> Guess they need to figure that out. It's like, aren't aren't you them? Aren't you, aren't you the people that need to figure? It's like, yeah, I guess I got to send a couple emails. <laughs> <laughs> it's so I mean, bad. It's just it's so mishandled. It's so mishandled, and it, and I just think that I think that the NFL is going to be even more mishandled because like i think that like with the nhl and the nba what they've done is they've proven that a bubble works like it works it's fine you it you know it works and albeit i don't think you with baseball and i don't think with um with football you can do a bubble i just i don't think it's as easy in the nfl i think what you'd have to do is you'd have to have like four or five bubbles and they'd have to be very regional i think you'd have to have like you know, an East and a West, maybe even four bubbles. Like in e- for each one of the divisions, you have to have a bubble for both the both uh, conferences. Yeah, I agree. It's like you could take the AFC North and the NFC North and put them in one bubble, and each each one would be in a bubble with its counterpart in the other league. No, I completely agree. And you almost have. Uh, I mean, you just kind of. I don't take like a triangle. I don't know. There's you go Chicago, I guess. Uh, I mean, maybe even you play like you're doing in the MLB right now is you kind of each team gets their home games. Each team does this. Each team does that. Because if anything, I think the NFL has it easy. Other than the fact that they, like again, they're the most contact sport. They have the, the highest like rosters, the most coaches and all that. But you play one game a week. So I think that that is such a benefit compared to the other one that I think even though you have a lot of things going against you that makes it a lot harder. The fact that you have one game a week, 
I think makes it easier. Because, you know, if you detect who has it and who doesn't, then you're okay. Um, I mean, as long as you don't have idiots like, what was it, yesterday they said that the car- several Cardinals players went to a casino? Mm-hmm. Like, what the hell? Great idea. Very well. Very well. Gotta, I mean, come on. I mean, that's one where the coaches and the and like the owners are just like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, dude, like help me out. Like, meet me halfway. To, to be honest, I think you're going to see that more in the NFL because if you were playing once a week, like I agree, one game a week is good because that's once a week that every like two teams are all together, um, and the rest of it is just your team. But I just think that that leaves, especially if you're in a bubble, it leaves more downtime. And downtime is what's tough. Like, isn't it the way the NHL is doing it and the NBA? Isn't it about one game every three, four days for teams? I think so, yeah. I I think – That's how it's – one one game every every two to four days will keep – It might even be every other day. Yeah, I mean, that will keep you active enough. That's what the MLS did. That's what the NWSL did. Like when you got a full week, I feel like that's a recipe for people just being like, I'm sick of being inside for a full week after a game. I got to go do something. Because if baseball players are finding time when they're playing like every day and they're finding time to go to the casino, when you got a whole week to sit inside, I just feel like that opens up the door for more of this stuff. The thing that I think about with football that differs from baseball is baseball being the least intense sports where like at the end of, at the end of each game, I, I mean, I could probably tell you who the players are that are going to be like genuinely sore, the pitchers, the catchers, and that's it. Those are the only people that are going to be genuinely sore. And a lot of the, and again, most of the pitchers don't even pitch where in basketball, everybody that plays is going to be sore. In football, every single person is going to be incredibly sore. Like you play, you talk to football players, like in the NFL, I've heard interviews where they say like, no, like, it's like, you don't really understand. Like you're sore until Thursday. Like you're not, your body's not okay. Like, so I think that with that, like the downtime, I don't think is going to be much of a problem in the NFL because they already have that. I mean, like in the NFL, the rules are, I don't, think during the season you can hit that much in practice not that you really would I think it's much more game planning and installing of uh, schemes and all that but it's just I don't think it's going to be that much of a problem and especially because just based off of certain experiences I think that the football teams have the most discipline like they're the ones that are like no you need to get in line because I think that football all in all is the number one team quote-unquote team sport where you have 11 guys on the field if one guy misses an assignment it's either a touchdown or or it's if you're on defense it's a touchdown and if you're on offense you're going to get sacked or it's going to be a loss it's just 11 men have to be working together at all times we're in basketball again one time down the court it doesn't matter if like again like not that it doesn't matter but if you if you let up a bucket it's not the end of the world in hockey, I don't think one guy, unless it's like a certain situation, one guy is going to really give up the goal. And then same in baseball. I mean, again, you could have a guy, you could literally not have a left fielder 
just just throw the left fielder out and then for probably 34 maybe even 50 percent of all the plays you're just you're fine like you're okay and with football it's just you just need everybody so you have all that discipline and you have all of that working together that you know i i think it's gonna be okay but then on the contrary it's just maybe it's just that there are so many players, but I see people in the NFL opting out left and right, left and right, and it just seems like it's the the most. Like NHL, I don't know anybody that opted out. The NBA, you had here and there, but not really. The MLB, you have a handful, but the M- NFL, I, I mean, I'm seeing so many players opt out. That's a super good point um, about the downtime and about players are used to that downtime because they physically need to recover from that game. I didn't think about it like that. I think that's, that's probably a very good point because they're used to not um, exerting themselves or going out and doing something crazy for a couple days after a game. So maybe that will help. And maybe, maybe that is something where, you know, it could play in the advantage of for football. I think one thing that also comes through this and you can talk about, I mean, in a much broader sense, but you can talk about the player safety. But I'll pose you a question, and then I'll pose you an example, and I want your opinion on it. The question being, does a league have an obligation towards not like towards player safety? And what I mean by that, I don't mean in terms of really – I don't really mean it in COVID, but you can – COVID is a thing. And I don't really mean it in a terms of injury as well. What I'm saying is, uh, do you know who Jordan Reed is, the tight end? No. So he's a tight end in the NFL, and he has a really bad – he's really good, really, really good all-pro tight end, but he's got a really bad concussion history. I think he's had – like, in the NFL, everybody's had concussions. It's not even a question. Everybody's had them. It just so happens to be have they been documented. And I believe Jordan Reed had seven documented concussions. Dang. which is unfathomable to me. He missed, he got a concussion last training camp, call it around this time. And he was having concussion-like symptoms until December. So, I mean, that would take that as you would, whether it's the headaches, whether that's the dizziness, whether that's the blurred vision, whether that's, I mean, it's everything. He was having them for four months where he was having the concussion-like symptoms and he didn't play. And it was, you know, he didn't play and it was sad. And the 49ers just signed him yesterday. And it was really strange to see that because when he signed and I saw that news, a sadness kind of came over me. And I don't, it's, it's never happened before where it's, it's just like he shouldn't be playing. I mean, especially with the CTE stuff, with all these concussions across all sports, it's just, Yes, he has a right to do it. Yes, he's going to make hundreds of thousands, potentially millions of dollars. But there come, like, does there come a point where the NFL should say, look, dude, you can't play anymore. You're going to kill yourself. I mean, and, and what do you think? I mean, what do you think about that? Yeah, I think there, I think there is some sort of responsibility for the league. Um, it's – it's tough to say that the league could disqualify you, um, but to send a notice that from league doctors that it's 
advised that you don't play anymore, um, which they may do. Who knows? I'm not sure. Um, but in the NCAA, I know that uh, you become disqualified after a certain amount of injuries. Um, you know, we've had soccer players do it and football has people do it all the time where you have so many concussions or ACL tears or whatever. I didn't know that. In the NCAA, they don't want to call it. The NCAA doesn't disqualify you, but you become medically disqualified where you're just, it's been too many. I know the most common one is concussions across a lot of mm-hmm. schools. Um, and I think there's a firm number. I'm not quite sure how many it is. Can you, is that, can you go more into that? Cause I, I would guess that the difference between the NCAA and the NF and, and the pros is obviously you're being paid. And when you're being paid, it reduces a bunch of liability because you're accepted by, by taking the money, you're accepting a certain amount of responsibility, I would guess. I mean, it's kind of one of those, again, being, uh, being an electrician on an, on an oil field is an inherently dangerous job. So therefore, they're going to compensate you more. So if you accept the job, you accept a certain amount of the risk. With the NCAA, is, is that that because they're not paying them, they have to put. They have to draw a line in the sand and say, "Here's how much risk we're allowing you to take." Yeah, I think it's twofold. I think that that's one of them is the liability of knowing that concussions are something that doesn't the risk double with every the risk of re another concussion doubles after every single one. It's exponentially higher every time you get one. So. I think it's definitely a liability thing where they get to a point and they're like, we are, we are sponsoring you to play this sport and you are becoming more and more and more and more liable at getting more concussions. And we just can't accept that again anymore. Um, for your health and for our, our status with being liable. But I think the other one is uh, reflected on the NCAA's mission of serving the student athletes where it gets to a point and they might step in and say, for the sake of your future, this is not advisable that you continue to play. We can't have you continue to play. And I think that what the NCAA does is that's the right decision, is they should be disqualifying people. Because, I mean, when the whole argument about the NCAA, whether you agree with them, whether you don't agree with them, whether the players should make money, whether the players shouldn't make money. I think the fact of, the, it, a fact of everything is, is, I'll go as far as to say 95% of all student athletes in the NCAA aren't going pro. They're not being exploited. They're getting the education that they want. They, they are part of a system that for them is working. They don't have a desire, not that they don't have a desire, they don't have a chance of going pro. So they are actually benefiting from the system that's in place, whether you agree with the system or not. So to have that system being able to tell certain individuals, look, you can't play. Because I, th- I personally think that all, I will say for all professional athletes, bar none, all of them, and then for almost all probably Division I athletes, they're insane. They are nuts. They don't have that, that part of your brain where like, you know, you try not to be the kid in gym class going as hard as you can. They don't have that part of their brain. They just, they don't know 
not 100%. They're not like, again, there was a tweet by, I forget who it was, but I think he was like the safety for the Eagles, like the backup safety for the Eagles. And he sent out a tweet. He was just like, I don't care if we're playing one up, if we're playing two on two, I don't care if we're playing spades. I don't want to hear from my partner's mouth. Who cares? It's just a game. And it's like, that's just where they are. Like, you know, you and I could be playing again with two other people playing Euchre for not one, not any money two, just as a backdrop to have a conversation. Like, I, I mean, the amount of times I've gone to a bar to play darts and it's not about the darts to them. No, it's, it's about the darts. It, it's not, they're killers. All right. They can't turn it off and they need a governing body to, to be like, dude, no, you, you gotta stop. You can't do this. And I guess I, I would bet for a lot of athletes, you know, come the time they're 30, they'll be like, you know what? They were right. They, they were right. I should not have, they were right to stop. Me. But with the Jordan Reed aspect is they're paying him Again, I think the league minimum is $500,000. I would do a lot of things for $500,000 a year salary. I mean, plus it's incentive laden. So I, they didn't really specify what that means, but I would guess that that means it could get up to a million. And you're going to tell me I have to play a game that I love to do for a million dollars? Sign. I don't care. Sign me up. I mean, it's like to kind of simplify and almost joke about it, it's the perfect, like, that's not my problem. That's me in 10 years problem. But it's like, it's a little bit more serious than that. And it's just, I don't know. It, it just made me weirdly sad. And I've never been sad for somebody that got signed and for somebody that gets to continue their career and for somebody that gets to continue their dream. And it's just, it was one of those things like, I mean, he's got, I think it's seven documented concussions and that means he probably has 20 and it's just it's just sad I got a little sad because of it it is sad because it's watching somebody that you know and like I said you know that with every concussion you get your chances of getting another one are exponentially higher and so at seven I mean shoot Someone can push you into push you on the ground and you might get one. At that point, yeah, it's like, like you said, he's probably had as many as twenty. And it's you're right. I mean, he he's continuing his dream. He's providing for his family in a very in a very well uh, well rounded way. But I mean, he's making generational money. I mean, he's probably made $40 million, $50 million in his career. That is generational wealth. I mean, that could, that, I mean, that'll send your kids, your grandkids, maybe even your great-grandkids, all of them. It'll buy all of them a house. It'll send them all to college. I mean, it's, we're not talking peanuts here. But at the same time, we're talking CTE, which is, just, it, I mean, I'll put it up there with, I mean, I've never, personally, I don't, I've never had somebody in my family go through it, but I, just by hearing it, I would put it up there with Alzheimer's and how sad it is. I mean, just hearing people that are like, you know, again, what was it? It was um, uh, Ironhead. Iron, I think it was Ironhead Hayward. He was a fullback, a center fullback or running back or something. And people are just like, it's sad. I mean, they're 50 years old and they have, they, they're like an 85 year old Alzheimer's patient. They can't do anything. And it's just, it stinks. And it's, 
it, it's almost gladiator-esque of, I don't care. I mean, because I don't feel that way. I, I mean, sometimes I guess in the heat of things, but and it's, it's, it's not until you get a situation like this, Jordan Reed, where I just feel sad and I feel like, I don't want to say sorry because I, he, again, knowing these athletes, they'd be like, no, don't feel sorry to me. This is my choice and all that. But it's just you have these guys that are going to go out there and they're going to do it at all costs. And then you kind of see guys act like Antonio Brown has this last year. That's a man that's not well. Maybe he wasn't well to begin with. I don't know. Maybe he was. He's got some sort of mental illness. But the concussions and playing football doesn't help. Uh, and it's just – you just see these guys spiral and it's, it seems like in football, there are so many more quote unquote head cases. There seems to be so many more arrests. There seems to be so many more of these bad things that come around football. And I can't help but think that it's gotta be the head injuries. And it's just, it's awesome. It's the most popular sport. I love football. I love watching football so much. I mean, no, I'm just a baseball, but I, I think it's my favorite sport to watch. I get so into it. But then, you, you know, you see some of these players and they talk about, I mean, Ronnie Lott had his finger, the tip of his finger amputated at halftime. So he keep playing back in the 80s. I, I'm sorry, that's not, that's not thinking forward. <laughs> like there's more into it. And, and when he talks about it, he goes, no, that makes sense. You know, he was like, it's gonna have to be it had gangrene in it i'm gonna have to cut it off eventually so why not just do it so i can keep playing and it's like that well you're a psychopath but i respect it yeah i mean i mean just in general to even play at a high level you have to be an aggressive person and that doesn't mean that you're you know hitting your kids or anything but not that you're violent no yeah mentally you have to be an aggressive person and you have to be physically tough and that has, and you have to be mentally tough to take hits like that. And you combine that with literal brain altering contact that you're receiving a lot. It's going to lead to lower mental health and higher odds of not just CTE, but like you said, arrests, uh, poor decision making. It's it's inevitable because you have you're making contact with people over and over again, and it's literally altering the makeup of your brain. And like you said, it's it's going to be a problem in the future. But I think overall, we live in a very um, instant gratification type mm-hmm. of society and that I think we have that mentality and of course people do save or put away or work hard for the future but when you're doing something in the now it's tough to imagine taking that away so that you can really truly preserve yourself for the future and it's especially tough to tell that to somebody that's making millions of dollars to say that you need yeah. to take away and you need to stop bringing in millions of dollars because you in 10 years, you're not going to be mentally well. And that's an extremely tough case to make. I mean, it's, it's beyond, I mean, it's so beyond that. It's something that I can't comprehend because 
I mean, whether we know it or not, not every single person in the NFL, this has been their dream. This is the best it's going to get. This is exactly what they worked 18 you know, plus years for. They're as hard as they could. This is the only thing that's been on their mind because you have to have that mentality in order to get there. And not only have they fulfilled their lifelong dream, they're making generational money. And now they have to be told to stop. That's hard. I, I get where Jordan Reed is. I mean, I get where he is theoretically. I have no idea what's going through his mind. I mean, because it's it's even more pronged. Not only is it the dream job, they love doing it. They love it. I mean, this is, again, like I said, this is everything they've worked their entire life for. And they're doing it. And I think, I don't know. I don't think I'd be able to say no. I think if somebody said, if I'm like, I want to keep playing, I want, or not even playing. If somebody told me in life, I want to do this thing. This is what I want to do. Um, this is what I love to do. This has been my dream to do. They're going to pay me millions of dollars to do this thing, but it's not great for my health. And, and that's kind of what it is, is because albeit it's much more, serious and much more extreme but when you boil it down it's just what i love to do and what i get paid millions and millions and millions of dollars isn't good for my health i mean i can see how it'd be like you know fine we'll we'll deal with that later you know it's just it stinks it stinks and it's such a tough conversation and i would love the opportunity to be able to talk to somebody that's actually gone through it. Cause I never really played football. I think I played one training camp when I was in eighth grade. I never played. I never really got the head. I've had concussions in my life. They stink. They're not fun, but I've never dealt. And I've never been around somebody that's like, no, I can tell you like I've suffered from concussions. Like I've had concussions. There are people that suffer from concussions. So I pulled a heist on act purely 100% on accident. But I pulled a heist that that might technically, would technically qualify as grand larceny. I feel like the definition of a heist means that it's like meticulously planned out. And, but again, as I've learned over the years, there are no surprises with you. So for you to (laughs) accidentally pull off a heist as you can see, when you just told me, I had next to no reaction about it. <laughs> but what I'll say about it is, is there, there was an opportunity for me to make it right. I just chose not to. But it, this was, I heisted a Joseph A. Bank. <laughs> oh, okay. So my dad, uh, we got suits. Like me and all my brothers got suits like I don't know, a year ago or something. So they gave my dad like a $50 like reward certificate whatever and he emails me like two three weeks ago like hey this is expiring in like five days do you want like do you want to use it and i was like sure whatever i'll you know i'll use it so i go on joseph a bank and they have these shirts that were quote unquote originally 110 dollars, but you know joseph a bank they never sell it for that original amount but they were on clearance from their amount that they're normally sold at so they're normally sold at 50 dollars. i got them for 20 dollars. so i was like Awesome. So I got three. So I paid like 10 bucks. You know, when I was like, whatever, I got three nice, like good work shirts that I can have. Cool. 
So they, you know, they, they ship whatever, and then they say they're delivered on like a Monday. And I'm like, okay, but they're not in my package center. They're not in my mailbox. They're not here, whatever. Like maybe there's just a delay. So I wait two days and they're like, they're not here. I was like, I don't know where they are. So I messaged Joseph at the bank and I'm like, like they say, like, you know, it says that they, this stuff has been delivered, but I don't have it. And they're like, well, have you checked your front door? And I'm like, yeah, like I checked my front door. I checked my mailbox I checked my package center. They're not here. And they're like, well, they're kind of like, like, you know, tailing around it. And I just, I finally flat out tell them like, like, look, I ordered stuff. It's not here. This isn't my problem. Like I ordered things and they're not here. You need to make this right. And finally they're like, okay, okay. And then like, well, we've sent, uh, we just reordered all the stuff for you. Let me just do that for you. I'm like, all right, thank you. All right, thank you. So I get an email the next day that says like, hey, you know, all the stuff we ordered was on clearance. So they don't actually have their that size anymore. So we're just going to give you the $50 back. We're actually going to refund the $10 that you spent. It, you know, hopefully this makes it right. I'm like, all right, fine, cool. All right. So I order, like all the shirts are no longer there. So I found one shirt. I'm like, whatever. I got the shirt and I'm still like, I still have 30 bucks. There's nothing here that's 30 bucks. So I find a sweater and I'm like, all right, this sweater is like 40 bucks. Cool. I'll just spend another $10. Not a big deal. Whatever. The shirt was originally 100 bucks, quote unquote, originally. And that sweater was, quote unquote, originally uh, 130 bucks. So I was like, okay, cool. Whatever. So I hit send, you know, and they say, oh, it's still being delivered. That very day, I get a package. <laughs> from Joseph A. Bank. It's from Joseph A. Bank. It's, it's the three shirts that I ordered. Where do you know? <laughs> so, I inadvertently, it cost me $10, maybe $15, and I got quote unquote, like $500 worth of merchandise. <laughs> and you're good. And in two days, two or three days, that next package is going to deliver and you're just going to sit there with an evil, evil laugh to yourself. And then send a strongly worded email about the delivery system and how I didn't get yet another package. <laughs> I will continue this for as long as I can. I'm going to be like Dwight Schrute with the paper clip. And I'm like, I'm going to get that telescope. I, I'm, I'm sitting here. I'm going to get that suit. I promise you. I'm I getting it. I will start with three dress shirts that did not deliver, and I will end as the CEO. <laughs> All I can say is congratulations, Ben. I hope I make your board of trustees. I'm going to be the greatest, greatest well-dressed individual that has ever lived. <laughs> wow, Ben. You must have gotten a huge raise at work. Nope. I just know how to send very strongly worded emails. I know how to be a sneak. I know how to manipulate and lie. <laughs> <laughs> when the second package came in the email, it showed the delivery guy taking a picture of himself delivering it. <laughs> wait, wait, say that again? It, with the with the second the second package got delivered, they showed up like the I guess like the delivery guy had to take a picture of it being actually delivered. <laughs> so I got a picture of my package in front of our package center. Damn it, that sucks. That's yeah. 
<laughs> oh, but still. Once then. Yeah, one time. One time is enough. I got a sweater, got four new dress shirts, and it cost me $10. <laughs> I am going to tag Joseph A. Bank in this video. <laughs> they will be, I don't know what kind of police SWAT force that they have over at Joseph A. Bank, but they're going to be kicking down your door in a couple of days. I'm, I'm guessing it's the same type of force that, uh, what type of force did Mussolini have? <laughs> 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 the grandchildren of Mussolini are just Joseph A. Bank hitmen now. That's who Joseph A. Bank is now. You think Joseph A. Bank is a real person? No, it means Mussolini. The front for the mafia. <laughs> All right. Well, I, I would be wonderful. I would be very cautious of the next time you turn your car keys in your car. <laughs> <laughs> Need to have a bomb sniffing dog to go to work. Yeah. In three months. <laughs> Jeez, what did you do, Ben? Why Why are you being so cautious? I think the mafia is after me. What? What could you have possibly done? Why would the mafia be after you? Well, I have about $500 worth of dress shirts sitting in my closet. <laughs> they are not happy about it. They, they know. Trust me. They know. <laughs> All right. Well, I guess that's our show for this week. Um, hopefully, we have some uh, some things coming. We have a lot of things planned for this upcoming weeks. Maybe some guests. We might have our first guest here in the next few weeks. Uh, we might be able to talk some uh, thing that I know everybody has been on the edge of their seat for, and that's some action, some Mac football, some Mac sports. Um, that's going to be here coming up soon, and oh boy, I'm excited. Everyone needs a healthy dose of Maction every now and again. For us being from the Midwest, we need it every single weekend, and it's a beautiful thing.